This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 22nd, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is ready for Season 2 of the Safety Zone, Jerem Jordan. Now, if you don't know what the Safety Zone is, we're not going to explain what it is. But we're in it. One of our camera operators chuckled. He knows. He went on a mission. If you know, you know. A mission trip, if you will, for the Church of Jesus Christ. La Iglesia de Jesucristo de los Santos de los Últimos Días. My dad just yelled that at me in Spanish growing up. He doesn't know Spanish. That's all he knows. But uh, anyways, we're at Lavelle Edwards Stadium yesterday, and we were part of a little shoot on uh, some of the protocols for the 6,000 fans coming in. So if you're going to the game, you're going to get uh, some social messaging in some form. I don't know how. Email. I don't know. And it, we're, we're going to be telling you what you can and can't do. So here, we're back at it. We're just, we're just like safety protocol guys now. That's our, we do this on the side. We do that as the main gig. Hey, don't worry. It's only like 417 rules. It'll take you about two hours to watch. Really simple. <laughs> that long? What is this, the Ten Commandments? Before you come to the game. You remember when that used to be shown in its entirety, like the 10-hour edition Easter weekend? I do remember that. I, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. It's a little, like, I love Lord of the Rings Extended, but that's still too long for me, the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I remember looking at the TV guide and just seeing it, blo- it blocked out for basically the whole night and thinking, I won't be watching that channel. Yeah. <laughs> when I got the TV guide in the mail and I flipped to the, yeah. There was no greater, there was no greater edition of the TV guide than when I got the Cougars Roar cover with Steve Sarkeesian on it in late December of 1996. B-list quarterback. Let's go. B-list. <laughs> Is he an A-list coordinator, though? Oh, he's pretty good. <laughs> Listen, when you got all those Bama receivers, life's pretty easy. When you Absolutely. Plays, right? Here's today's hyped-up show lineup. Hype because ESPN's Bill Connolly will join us. Why William. he named Kalani Sitake his midseason coach of the year, plus how he thinks BYU could actually position for a college football playoff spot. Get out of here. Would an undefeated BYU be a lock for the New Year's Six? We'll tackle that question as well. Don't forget Deep Blue with Senior Safety Zane Anderson and Know the Foe, Texas State Edition. Mm-hmm. Here are your Thursday BYU Sports Nation headlines. 12th-ranked Brigham, two days out from a home tilt with 1-5 Texas State. Former Bobcats offensive line coach now with Brigham, Eric Mateo, says his former guys were young then, but are very improved now. When I was there, we were playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. And who are now juniors and seniors and who are some of their, their best playmakers now. And some of the guys we recruited and, and coached are, are, have become some of their best guys. And, and so I know several of the players on the team. So if Texas State competes well against BYU, we should all personally blame Eric Mateos and his recruiting. Cougar pregame live begins on BYU Radio 815 Eastern Saturday night. Countdown to kickoff with your boy Spencer Linton and others starts on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. I'll see your Mateos information and raise you more midseason award watch list fun specifically for Zach Wilson the junior quarterback listed as a national player of the year candidate and named to the Johnny Unitas golden arm watch list he has been throwing a golden football on the defensive side senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi finds himself on the 2020 lot impact trophy watch list 
Jimmer Fredette and the Shanghai Sharks beat the Sichuan Blue Whales. I know you're a big fan of them. 102-90. Thanks to 10. That's what they sound like. Thanks to 10 points on 3 of 7 shooting, 6 assists from Fredette, and 17 minutes off the bench. No one makes Jimmer Fredette come off the bench except the Shanghai Sharks, apparently. Fredette has 50 points in three games this season so far. What's going on? What's wrong? Only 50 points in three games? Yeah, I don't know. We'll discuss this. I thought it was 50 a game. BYU women's golf back to competition today. The Cougars teeing off in the Cowgirl Classic in Oklahoma and will face a number of Big 12 teams. Alicia May Mateo finished second overall with a two-round score of five under at the Lady Red Wolves Classic last week. Good luck to the Cougars. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A New Year's Six lock. Jerem, BYU football on a quest for... The New Year Six. Mm-hmm. They're five and zero. Oh, Let's make T-shirts for the first time in twelve years. Own their highest ranking in eleven years. Hypothetically speaking, would a ten and zero BYU team be a shoe in for a New Year Six bowl game? Now we've we've explained this before, but BYU does not have any automatic qualifying per se. In fact, here's our disclaimer. BYU does not have automatic access to the New Year's Six because of independence. BYU is not a group of five team and therefore cannot be the highest ranked and auto qualifier. The Cougars will have to out at large a power five opponent. Bowl game sold separately. No batteries included. Yeah, no batteries included. Uh, typically, they're B, uh, B, I think. Actually, there's no B batteries because, as Dimitri Martin, the comedian, once said, then people wouldn't know if you're stuttering or not. Can I have some B, B, B batteries? Anyway, BYU is going to get into New Year's Six if they're 10-0. They will. They're already 12 without playing anybody significant. So I don't think it's unreasonable to think they would be in position to do so. Let's talk about how the New Year's Six is made up. So obviously, 12 teams for six games. Two of those are playoff games, by the way. And then there's, uh, you know, uh, four of the games. So for that, uh, you have auto champs from Power 5 teams. Power 5 leagues, there's five. There's the group of five highest-ranked team. There's six. And then there's six other teams. But if the ACC champ automatically goes to you know, the Orange Bowl, for example, and it's not a semi, then let's say Clemson's in the playoff, then the next best team would go there. Last year that happened with Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall. So is going to have to be an at-large team. I believe they will be if they're 10-0. and 0. People respect what is doing. They're 12th right now. They benefited from the Big Ten not playing. Notice I didn't say Pac-12 as well because BYU currently is ranked higher than every Pac-12 team, which is pretty interesting. Zach Wills is a legit superstar right now. When we're really going to know whether BYU is going to get in, and if they're undefeated, they will, is November 24th. Here's why. BYU will have uh, defeated North Alabama, probably live on BYU TV. Biggest game ever in BYU TV sports history. It's true. Um, that was San Diego State basketball last year. No, uh, then, then we'll see if BYU is inside, say, the top 10 in that ranking. Not the AP, not the coaches, a.k.a. SID poll. If BYU is in the top 10 in that, which they should be after, after and if they defeat Boise State, North Alabama, then San Diego State would be lingering on December 12th. And if BYU's in the top 10, it's like if they win, they're, they're in position yes. to be an at-large. No, no doubt. I, I have no concerns about a 10-0 BYU team potentially being in the New Year's Six. They're a lock at 10-0 because of what BYU has done and the national interest they have already earned. And I choose that word carefully because they have earned it. Yeah, they earned it. They came out of nowhere. Bank Navy out of the gate. Yes. Boom, you're on the radar. They have earned the national notoriety, and it is so good right now, and the Cougars are ranked high enough that halfway through the season, if they're already at this point, yes, it's a lock scenario. And I think BYU's locking up of a New Year's Six Bowl game will happen 
We'll know on November 7th, Jerem, because right? it, if, if BYU goes up to the blue and beats Boise State in Boise for the first time ever, they ain't losing they're going undefeated. San Diego State. They're and going they, undefeated. And this is a different San Diego State team than last year. That was a top-five defense. They've lost, I think they lost seven starters on that defense, uh, you know, three or four of which were notable. A couple of guys are making an impact and, for NFL teams right now. Yeah, good for them. That's great. San Diego State, love it. Get out of here. Um, BYU should be, if they beat Boise State, right, 10-0. and 0. Now, here's the, here are the um, nuances to this. What if BYU is only 9-0 and 0 because a game got canceled due to COVID? Depends on which game gets it canceled. It can't be Boise State. It won't be. We've talked about this numerous times, too, but let's address it here again. Should BYU add a game? If Boise State, for some reason, had a COVID cancellation, knock on wood if you're superstitious. I'm not. I'm a little stitious. Michael Scott, right? Thank you. Then BYU would need to add a game. I don't see a Power 5 adding BYU late, by the way. So would it have to be Marshall? Would it have to be somebody else of renown? Like, I don't think adding like a Utah State or whatever would, albeit fun with the rivalry, that does not benefit BYU. The risk, the reward is not as great um, as the risk, right? And that's bad ROI. So I don't think BYU should add a game unless Boise State for some reason couldn't be played. I'd be okay with BYU adding... Army at this point. I know we said yesterday, yeah, that ship has sailed. Because I think BYU 1 would win, and they, they're still out there. Their highlights are out there. It's Thanksgiving weekend, probably November 28th. They're just That's out there. That's for sure Thanksgiving weekend. Okay? They're out there. Yes, I know, Mr. <laughs> Technicality. Okay? <laughs> Sounded like you were questioning it. If, if BYU plays Army, they'll win that game. Like, I'm not worried about BYU losing to Army football this season. What? I th- I'm not either, but I don't. I think the risk is not as great as. Well, if there's no risk, what's the risk? The risk is injury. The risk is maybe you have a terrible day and you can't stop the run. And you lose. Here's what I'm afraid of, though. Three Why weeks do off, that? Three weeks off when everything is ramping up in the Power Five conferences and they're all bearing down on conference championship games. Does BYU get lost in the fray a little bit? The flip side of that is this: What if teams that were undefeated or had one loss? Now they lose, and BYU's sitting there with the donut in the loss column. They look even better. Like, it doesn't, they won't necessarily slide down automatically. Uh, uh, I think they could even benefit a little bit if teams are uh, chopping down their best teams late in the season. And remember, BYU won't play in a conference title game, so they won't have the benefit of that, but they won't have the potential loss of that either. So there's, again, the risk-reward. If BYU's sitting there at 10-0, I'm not concerned about any of this. They're going to they're gonna look very, very nice. And people are going to want... You know what happens in the NCAA tournament? They say this doesn't. But, like, you want to see John Morant of Murray State in the NCAA tournament. They qualify. You want to put him in a nice position. People are going to want to watch Zach Wilson in yes, the, the story. Yes, the story is yeah. too amazing. Yeah. They love the Cinderella story of BYU, the independent who at one point had two games on the schedule after everything dropped out, and then Tom Homo somehow worked his magic and pieced together just this crazy schedule. The story is so good. Zach Wilson has been so good individually that there's interest. Yes, everybody's talking about BYU. So I I agree with you 1 million percent there. The story is so good that they want BYU to be in a high-profile situation. If So I'm I'm feeling like you're saying two conflicting things, so let's break it down. One is, if BYU's 10-0, they're a lock. Then why add Army? Because there is always the idea that 
maybe you could do a little bit more. Maybe it's not Army. Maybe then it's they're Marshall. not a lock then, right? Maybe it's Marshall. No, 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 no. No, I'm talking about BYU making even more of a case play 11 games and try and strengthen the resume a little bit more to, I know you hate this, but try and stay on the radar of a potential college football playoff scenario. Oh, well, if that's, if that's what BYU really wants, no, they should add two more games. Then I don't know B12, that that's going to happen. Be 12 and 0. I could see one. They have three openings. And but, like, if you really want to do that, do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. Well, you have to wait and see what happens with the COVID scenario. BYU is trying to steal a late game against a Power 5 team on November 28th or December 5th. I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't understand why a Power 5 team would add BYU late. Well, do they want to play a game? They would it's rather like, play a game no. than not play a game, right? Then, like, oh. They're, they're, wasn't our fault that the, they the other team got COVID. They don't need a non-conference game. What they need is to win their league. But if BYU is a respected team, right, and they want to bolster their own resume, it's like we'll play BYU. I don't. It, it's. I don't think it's in their best interest to do so. It, Who's? It Who's? Which team? A Power Five trying to get in a New Year's Six game. Who's to say what their best interest is, though? We don't know what their best interest is based on all of the different scenarios and programs there are. Yeah, yes, we do. It's that they want to win a conference title or get in the best bowl game they can get into. And, and I'm saying and that, that, that doesn't. They don't need BYU. I'm saying I'm not Nobody talking about a conference needs champion. BYU. I'm not. I'm not talking. No, about I'm talking champion. about a Power Five team. What they want is to win the, their conference to get an auto bid in New Year's. I understand that. Or an at-large. BYU doesn't have anything to do with that. Uh, well, BYU might if they're highly enough ranked. So uh, take no, a team. Like, I don't see anyone. Take doing a team this. like Texas A&M or Florida that is not going to be the SEC champion. They don't need another tough game. They already play enough. But they're not in position to be the college football playoff. The fourth team in, and they're like, Ugh. you know, we feel like we're good enough to be in the playoff. We got to prove something late. So. If a scenario opens up for a team like that, that's somewhere between 5 and 15, and they're looking to add to their resume, like, no, no, BYU doesn't belong in the college football playoff. We belong there. We deserve to be there from the SEC. Let us prove it on the field and beat them, and then have the playoff committee say, okay, they beat BYU head-to-head, they're in the playoff. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. Like, Power Fives don't feel like they need a team like BYU. They just don't. That's awfully general. Like, they, they're, they're not talking about this with, Marshall or Cincinnati, so why BYU? Well, maybe Marshall is hoping that BYU will add them so that Marshall can make their case to be the group of five team. Yeah, perhaps. Like, if, if Marshall's undefeated and there's a one-loss AAC team, we'll see if the AAC has enough clout to be like, nope, the one-loss team's better than the undefeated team based on whatever. But, but can you imagine an undefeated Marshall ranked 15th against a top-10 undefeated BYU team that weekend? It'd be like a bracket buster, like... For not not the New Year's Six, I think BYU would be in if they win that game. But does that help? Does a game against Marshall, if they're undefeated in a top 15 team, help BYU in their conversation for, hey, just maybe let us sneak in the back door and be the fourth team in the CFP? I don't think CFP is the thing. I think BYU's schedule is not strong enough. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, but does and, Marshall and, and, help and again, it? If, well, yeah, but the, but the risk is way higher than the reward. Because I don't think CFP is realistic, so that takes out the reward. If BYU is a lock, there is no need for any of this. There's no need for Marshall. There's no need for Power 5. There's no need for a single other game added. It's all about what you want. What are your goals? Right, right. And if the New Year's 6 is the goal for BYU, I would think it would be stupid to add a Power 5. I think it would be stupid to add Marshall. Like, don't do it! If BYU wins the next five games and we feel like they're a lock, don't Add a game. Okay. Unless Boise is canceled, 
with COVID. That's the only scenario where you'd be like, ooh, BYU needs that. Because what would be the signature win here? It's Boise State. It can't be Houston. It can't be Navy. It can't be San Diego State. It's got to be Boise State. And you're living off the rep that Boise State historically, since 2000, is the best non-Power 5 program that exists. They are. Look at the winning percentage. They're incredible. UCF has serious issue with this. They've been good the last two out of the last three years. Boise State's been pretty. Boise State's been to like how many? Three, four, five of BCS or New Year's Six? UCF is catching up to Boise State. Sure, Blake Bortles going to one six or seven years ago helped as well. But you, right. you're right. They, they were, when they were a member, that was, no, that was an automatic bid through the Big East. That was different, wasn't it? No. They were in the American yes. at that point? Okay. Yes. But the point is still that UCF is still catching up to Boise State. Okay. They're, not the, they're not the same. Oh, it's, look they, at the numbers. Look at the appearances. Look at the seasons. Do you add the game just in case Boise does get canceled? No. That, that's the thing. No. Risk-reward. Get to near, win all the games. Because if you don't play Boise, to your point, it's like, uh-oh. BYU needs something And else. maybe 9-0 and is still good enough, but maybe it's not. Okay, our question of the day. Why or why wouldn't a 10-0 T- uh, BYU football team be an automatic lock for a New Year's Six Bowl game? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Tim Pileski answers on Twitter. BYU is not in the SEC. ACC, nor do they play a powerhouse-type schedule. I, for one, would love to see that. Just keep winning. Time will tell. So he's saying they're going to get that big marquee game finally in a New Year's Six matchup if they just keep winning. Right. Then BYU will have to truly prove it. Prove itself. Yeah. Okay, coming up, should we expect another 70-point game from Jim? <laughs> and ESPN's Bill Connolly on why he has Kalani Satake as his midseason coach of the year. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join the 6,000 fans in Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday night on Countdown to Kickoff as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Spencer Linton show you live warm-ups, give you access to the field, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app Saturday night. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom, over Zoom for the first time, is ESPN's Bill Connolly. Bill, it's great to see you on BYU Sports Nation. And this makes me uneasy. I just like the I like the pictures, the like the eight year old pictures that you guys had last time. That worked a lot better, I think. I, I think it's a Puma shirt you have on, but it kind of looks like a cougar, bro. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we can we can say that was intentional. Okay, okay. Dressing for the occasion, we appreciate that, Bill. Uh, you have we were talking about this during the break. Have been very busy on social media, interacting with uh, BYU fans and well, and Utah fans for that matter. Welcome to our life. <laughs> How's your social media life been over uh, the last week? Uh, and well, plus, I mean, you know, BYU fans tend to uh, understand that I, you know, I'm going to give, uh, you know, respect where it's it's deserved, and I've given a lot of respect to to BYU when it deserves it. I guess um, the last week has been interesting because that piece. Uh, you know, I go through each position, uh, you know, best three best quarterbacks or two good quarterbacks in a story I want to tell and whatnot. I go through every position, just got yelled at all week. Where's Najee Harris? Where's Terrace Marshall? Where's Zach Wilson you know, on the list? So I thought it was being a good thing and, you know, showing uh, love to certain players, but it was all about who I didn't uh, put on the list, apparently. 
Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday because we listed the greatest quarterbacks in BYU history. We were talking about what would Zach Wilson need to do to make what I deemed as my A-list or B-list. Only six yeah. on the A-list. But once, yeah, once you rank someone, someone's going, hey, why am I 14th and not 8th? Yep. So I get it. Let's recap your midseason awards that mentioned BYU. So BYU is the fourth best team that's played so far. Satake is the coach of the year. Tyler Algier is the third best running back. Jake Oldroyd third on the Lou Groza list. Clark Barrington on the third best interior lineman, and uh, you hate Zach Wilson. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, he's terrible. Um, no, I mean it was it really was like you know a quarterback's list is going to be really tricky when uh, Trevor Lawrence has looked as good as Trevor Lawrence has, and Mac Jones has looked as good as he has. That leaves only one spot, and basically I wanted to. You know, I tried to make it very clear that I, some, you know, guys like Reggie Roberson for SMU, I just wanted to put them on there to acknowledge what they've done over the first half before we kind of forget about him because he's injured. I wanted to make sure to, to give a little uh, space to uh, Coastal's quarterback there because he's been pretty incredible. And, and that left room for nobody else. But clearly, Zach Wilson, um, if you watch the ESPN broadcasts, uh, plenty of love given to Zach Wilson from the network at the moment. And, and I mean, obviously, deservedly so. Yeah, he's not uh, lacking in words of affirmation. That That is for sure. <laughs> Bill Connolly of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at Kalani Satake and you named him your midseason coach of the year, some critics say, well, who is BYU beaten? Well, it, come on, it's got to be a, a coach from a Power 5 conference. Why did you feel like Kalani Satake deserves the midseason coach of the year nod? Well, I mean, the first part of it was, uh, you know, compared to expectations. BYU was supposed to be fine this year. Clearly, they're better than fine. Uh, clearly, they have overachieved dramatically compared to whatever we might have thought they, whatever level we thought they'd be at in August. So, I mean, that's that's part of it. And as far as the ain't played nobody stuff that we always deal with in college football, I mean, hey, I'm not going to hold that against BYU because their schedule fell apart completely in August and this is what they could come up with and they deserve credit for finding teams to play period. And then also you can still set a baseline expectation for each game. What would the average team do against this opponent? What would a very good team do against this opponent? And clearly BYU has, um, you know, the second half against UTSA aside, they have absolutely dominated at a level that you would expect a very good team to do. So that means they're a very good team. It's just kind of a process of setting appropriate bars and figuring out how, how well you clear it so i mean that, that was the biggest part that that list that had them fourth uh, fourth best team i you know i have my sp plus rankings um they are heavily driven by preseason projections and a lot of those factors because it's a predictive rating uh but i just wanted to look at like if i just took that all that out entirely and judge teams only by what they have done in the first th- three to six games this year obviously with the way byu has played for the most part they're gonna they're gonna grade out very well on that list Okay, let's talk about where you feel like BYU fits right now because we were talking about, hey, if BYU's 10-0, no games get canceled due to COVID uh, the rest of the way, BYU beats Boise State and San Diego State and they're 10-0, are they going to make it into a New Year's Six? We feel confident that because of where at least the AP poll right now, we'll see on November 24th with the college football Mm -hmm. playoff poll, that BYU would be probably in a pretty good spot that they wouldn't need to add a game or anything. How do you feel? Yeah. I mean, we never really know what the committee's going to do with an independent that isn't Notre Dame. Um, although I guess Notre Dame's not an independent this year, but um, it, it, you know, obviously we could get surprises there. But I would assume that just the oddity of this year, combined with the fact that you know what we've seen so far, and the Big Ten could change this, but what we've seen so far is Alabama looks like Alabama, Clemson looks like Clemson. Who else is good? 
Um, you know, Georgia obviously I think has, has carved out a, a role there for the top five or so, but all that next tier, the Oklahoma's and Texas's and Auburn's and LSU's, they've all kind of stunk so far, at least compared to expectations. So that would open the door for a BYU type of team to get a lot further up that list than you would expect. So I don't know who they could schedule with an extra game that would actually impress the committee enough. It would just introduce another opportunity to lose if nothing else, but I would assume their, their odds are pretty decent. Bill, you listed BYU as the fourth best team that you have seen play to this point. All BYU fans, blue goggles on, want to know, how can BYU be one of the top four teams at the end of the season? Is there even a roadmap available for BYU to be a legitimate college football playoff potential? I mean, I... This year, more than other years, yes. Um, because, again, like that second tier is gone at the moment. Assuming Oklahoma State loses and the Big 12 is officially eliminated, if a Pac-12 team doesn't go undefeated, I, I don't – you know, obviously the way things play out, you never know for sure. But I would assume that a Pac-12 team probably has to be undefeated to get in um, unless there's just an absolutely dominant 6-1 and one team that lost by one to Oregon or whatever. So um, – you know, it would seem like the road's a little clearer. You need Ohio State to lose, probably. Uh, but even if they don't, that number four spot, if Alabama beats Georgia handily in the SEC title game and there's no Big 12 team in the running, there's not a second Big 10 team in the running, there's not a second or a first Pac-12 team in the running, then somebody has to get the fourth spot. And I do think the door is more open there than normal. It's just with this schedule, you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of breaks to, to get all the way up to fourth. Yeah, it feels like... Uh... The committee could look at, and and frankly, I would look at, uh, you know, okay, all the like the Big Ten and the SC, they played all Power Five teams. BYU hasn't played a single one. Right. They would have beaten Boise State. <laughs> so New Year's Six is re- like realistically that that would be incredible. And what what do you think of what BYU's done in terms of they at one point BYU had two games on the schedule with like five weeks <laughs> to go to the season. Now they at least have, they have 11. One has been postponed. Probably not going to happen with Army. We'll see. But what Tom Homo has done to at least put something together, and then BYU's played really well on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know we the the word scheduling intent have been have been said a lot by committee members and whatnot. I know it's a thing, but the intent was we have no games to play, and it's uh you know it's August, and we've got to figure out how to how to play a lot of games. So they found teams to play, and I don't think they should be even slightly punished for that. Um, there there was the they had what five P five teams on the original schedule six and that was pretty good and they they would have fared pretty well against that schedule you go back through the teams they would have been playing you know that would have been a very very good case for it you know if they had that schedule they go you know maybe not 12 and 0 but they would have won probably 10 or 11 games if they with the level they played so far that's a good resume right there. And and I would hope that the committee would look past, you know, well, uh, you know, among other things, Houston would be a mid to lower level P5 team. Yes. Boise state yeah. would be a mid to high level P5. Yes. team. It's not their fault. They're not in a P5. They're still good teams. And BYU absolutely just laid the hammer down late against Houston. And if they do the same to Boise state, they should get credit, uh, you know, credit for that. And there's an argument that San Diego State uh, would be a low-level Power 5 team, right, when you look at Kansas and others. <laughs> well, right, yeah, Kansas is a P5 win, but, you know, beating Boise State <laughs> and San Diego State isn't. That's not – that's right. ridiculous. Right. Bill Connolly of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation. I know we're talking a lot in hypotheticals here, Bill, but because you brought up the Pac-12, what do you think the chances are of the Pac-12 going seven consecutive weeks with no hiccups so that 
all the Pac-12 teams actually play seven games. Is it right. is it crazy to think that that could actually happen? Um, I mean, it's going to take luck, obviously. All, all of this takes luck, and we've seen the teams that have gotten a little b- b- unlucky so far. But I do think having that daily testing piece is enormous just for limiting spread. You know, by the time you know somebody's tested positive, uh, they've, be, you know, they've been around a whole heck of a lot of people. In theory, the daily testing, the rapid result testing allows you to, at the very least, say, you know, if he, someone tests positive, you know, d- the bars go up immediately and they're they're locked away from everybody else. So, in theory, when you've seen teams missing like 18 or 20 guys because of contact tracing, in theory, if you have the daily testing, it's like six or eight or something like that. And you can, it's a lot easier to navigate through with that. So I, I'm more confident in the Pac 12 and the Big 10 getting through their schedules. Big 10 obviously has a couple more games, which is tricky in and of itself. And now the you know, coaches are testing positive. So who, <laughs> who knows? But um, just, theoretically i feel better about the pac-12 getting through it because of the the daily testing than anything else yeah lsu and clemson took the approach of just getting it before the season so anyway that's another (laughs) subject um what let's finish Uh, with this what do your numbers say about BYU's chance of going undefeated the rest of the way um i'm going to look away from my camera here because that's really good television uh (laughs) right now it's basically just about a 50 percent chance is is what my sp plus rankings say because boise is obviously the biggest obstacle there um you know san diego state is i think like an 88 percent win probability at the moment so it really comes down to that boise game more than anything else bill we love reading your stuff we consume it uh basically on a daily basis unhealthy level (laughs) uh for those that are not familiar with what you do and where to find it uh, inform our watchers and listeners. Uh, I mean, if you just follow me on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C, that's everything gets filtered to there at one point or another. Easy enough. Bill, great to talk to you, man. Let's do it again soon. Sounds good. ESPN's Bill Connolly on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I love William. I think his stuff's awesome. It's a different metric. ESPN's brought him in the last couple of years. He's too good. To just be elsewhere, right? Because he was with um, SB Nation forever. He was with SB Nation, which is absolutely credible as well. But yeah, ESPN's like, listen, we got to bring this guy over here. So um, great stuff. Always good to talk to Bill. And, and it's fun to listen. We built this cadre of people that we have a relationship with, and now that BYU's in the top fifteen, it's like, oh, everyone, come in. Every everybody we can get. Let's talk about yes. how awesome BYU is right now. If this could actually happen to the end, so he's got a fifty percent chance. That's pretty good. I believe that's better than the ESPN FPI which is a little lower than that. Yeah, everybody wants to talk when things are going well. Steve Young and we'll be Stuart here. Mandel and Bill Connell. We'll be here. It. We'll be here regardless. <laughs> we, we have to talk no matter what. <laughs> okay, coming up, Deep Blue looks at Zane Anderson and his return to the field after injuries the last two seasons. It feels like every prominent college football insider is watching Zach Wilson and putting him on some watch list of sort, but which ones should Zach be paying attention to most? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. Time now for the Cougar Whip Around. Presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Our last guest, ESPN's Bill Connolly, has BYU winning by 28 Saturday against Texas State. Is it cover or bust for Brigham? No. I mean, BYU needs to dominate the game, but if the Cougars win by 25 or 24, I'm not going to say, oh, what a terrible performance, especially well, if well, it's like you won't. 38 to 14 or 31 to 7. So I'm like, no, like that, it's not cover or bust for me. 
Yeah, no, I'm going 17 plus on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm challenging the curse. You heard me. Texas State's one and five, but listen, I respect the fact they played ranked SMU tight in the first game. I watched that game. And then they played Boston College tough on the road as well. They played UTSA, a team that played BYU tough. So I, I'm not convinced they're, you know, one and five terrible. I think they're the best one and five team in the country. I don't know who else is one and five. But yeah, I'm going 17 plus them. Like <laughs> is there B- such thing as a best one and five team? If BYU wins 28 to three, are we disappointed BYU didn't score 40 plus? Y- yes. Um, so. Man, maybe, hey, maybe it is. Maybe it is cover bus. I don't know. It, but 17 It just plus. depends on how it goes. If BYU's up 28 nothing at halftime and Zach Wilson doesn't play the entire second half and they went 28-3, to whatever. He'd play the third. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure 17-plus is a curse anymore because I think it came full circle when BYU beat Houston by 17-plus. You don't see the same tweets there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You're <laughs> testing it again. On to the Zach Wilson watch list. What watch list is he not on, Jerem? Good grief. Johnny Unitas, Golden Arm Award, Player of the Year Award, Maxwell, Heisman. Which award is Zach Wilson most likely to win? I'm thinking Johnny Unitas or Davey O'Brien because sometimes that winner isn't necessarily the best quarterback. They just go with, like, the best passer. So I I could see Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones sweeping a bunch of them, especially if those teams stay undefeated. But Zach Wilson's got a shot at one of those. Uh, BYU quarterbacks in the past have done that. Steve Sarkeesian and Gary Shotty were considered the winners of those. By the way, I don't see a Sammy Ball winner for 2019. Did they stop giving that up? Well, if they did, then we're going to resurrect it, and we're just going to give it to Zach Wilson. We're just going to give him the Sammy Ball. The 2020 Sammy Ball Award winner, according to BYU Sports Nation. Keep it up, man. Uh, I think it's going to be, yeah, probably the Davey O'Brien, um, maybe the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, especially if Zach breaks Steve Young's long-standing season completion percentage record. And if Zach flirts with beating Colt McCoy's NCAA record and he's throwing around 76 or 77% for the season, then he's going to win one of those awards. Zach knows how to flirt. He took two girls to prom. CBS sports writer Tom Fornelli tweets a graphic of FBS teams' completion rate and yards per attempt. Alabama and BYU are alone in the upper right portion, better than everybody else. It's a fun-looking graphic. Scatter plot, I believe. I didn't take a math class. BYU fun fact. Hey, BYU! should BYU abandon the run game? No. That's ridiculous. BYU has had success in the run game in all but one (laughs) game. And Houston might be the best defense that BYU faces all year. So, I don't know. No. North Alabama has a scout. No, BYU shouldn't abandon the run game. Go back to Tyler Algier. Go back to Lopini Katoa. Let's see what Sione Finau can do once uh, he gets back into the mix against a team like North Alabama. BYU needs to have a balanced attack to continue this consistent success that they have been able to establish. I don't so, want no. balance. I want imbalance. I would like enough rushing, but I would like a lot of passing because you know what's fun? When BYU passes. Texas State has this a bad is our rush identity. defense. This is our DNA. Texas State has a terrible rush defense. This week is not the week to abandon the run. Game. Shouldn't abandon the run, but I think that BYU should use Zach Wilson's arm. Against Navy, this Zach Wilson hadn't been discovered. Jerem, we're finding out that Jimmer Fredette may be facing some limitations on how many minutes he can play in the CBA under the league guidelines. So are we saying goodbye to a 73-point game at some point in the future for Jimmer Fredette? Apparently you can only have two foreigners, and you can they can combine for up to eight quarters played. So perhaps Jimmer plays four, and, or sorry, it's six quarters played. Um, Why would you, you not want Jimmer have... on the floor? Amend that constitution because Jimmer is the CBA. Well, Stefan Marbury was, but yeah. Um, yeah, one. Uh, 
I think he'd still do it. He can still play four quarters. You can only have one foreigner on the floor at the same time, but I think he'd still have a crazy game. I think he can still go for 73. He is the Jimmer. <laughs> Anything is possible with him. <laughs> All right. On your to the your next. opinion? Uh, oh, no. I don't think he's going to score 73, but Jimmer Fredette will have another 50 point game. You're right. He'll have 75. Are you more interested in the BYU baseball scrimmage called by Jason Shepard or the World Series called by Joe Buck? I love Shep, and I love BYU baseball. I, I sense a butt coming on. The game's not real, Jason. Please don't use that out of context. The scrimmage is not real. It doesn't count for anything. It's real to those players, Spencer. The World Series counts. Like, it's an official game. It's it will go Series. on the record. The scrimmage won't go on the record. If it were just a BYU baseball game, like any game that counted, I would lean towards BYU baseball. A scrimmage versus the World Series, this is where I give the World Series the benefit of the doubt. It actually counts. Shep, I'm with you, man. BYU baseball. Let's go, boys. Wow. Let's I go. love Shep. This is not a knock on the BYU baseball team. He doesn't believe, man. Okay, so tell I'm me this. Just kidding. Yes, yes. <laughs> Answer this honestly. Simmer down. You you have an opportunity to watch the scrimmage or the World Series. Which are you watching? Football. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> know the foe about the boys from San Marcos. And we go deep blue with BYU senior safety Zane Anderson. Fantastic story coming up. Don't miss this BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Cougar pregame live gets things started Saturday at 8. Okay, and we still don't have a photo of Jason. There's Mitchell Jurgens, Gregor Bell, Riley Nelson. <laughs> Wait, wait, is, is Jason's that, shoulder dipping where, in that picture anywhere? I, I, don't, I don't think so. Get started at 8.15 Eastern Saturday night on BYU Radio on the app. Oh, poor Jason. Man. At least we have you no, offer your support for the scrimmage. We have no, you're right. We have no visual evidence that he's involved. We have audible evidence. We don't have any <laughs> visual evidence on radio. And as many people have said to us before, man, you have a face for radio. Let's take a moment and talk about how rude that is. Just kidding. It's totally true. We were the next best options. We get it. On that note, welcome back to BYU Sports Station in Studio B for a Class B broadcast. B-list. <laughs> A-list. B-list. Hey, we've got an A-list player in uh, this week's Deep Blue feature. Zane Anderson at 23 years young. Honestly, has overcome more adversity, specifically injury adversity, than most humans will deal with in their entire lives. He's doing so to make himself an impact player in what is becoming an unforgettable 2020 season. Deep Blue featuring the Zane Train. Zane Anderson presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. Well, it's good to be out fishing with you, too, taking a break. and It's good to clear the mind. Yeah. Mine's of Remember all the times we used to go to Strawberry, too? Yeah. Those are good times. I feel like that's something that everyone in our family enjoys doing is fishing or just getting out. Getting out as a family, huh? Yeah. I know, me too. I mean, I've always kind of grown up just loving football. Um, it kind of came from my dad at a young age. I Ever since he was little, if he saw somebody doing something that he wanted to do, he was going to do it better. That's why he's where he's at right now. And I wish I had more of that in my life. <laughs> to be competitive and, and have that desire and hunger to be the best at whatever he does. 
It's been a journey and it's been a lot of, it's been a roller coaster, but it's been amazing. I've learned a lot throughout all the process I've been through, all the ups and downs. It's, it's been good and it's taught me a lot and it's made me the man I am today. Personal. He's every bit of 220 pounds and he is thick. If an athlete's He's ever so been injured, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just, it's just tremendously difficult. You feel isolated from the team. You feel like a piece of your identity is taken away. I feel like through this whole journey, I've seen the light, and I'm, and I'm getting closer to it, I'm getting closer to it, and then I fall, but then I just keep on getting closer, and so mentally, I, I sh there were some big struggles, I think, at, during the season, um, watching your team play, and you're not being out there, and just kind of looking at your goals and seeing that they're kind of getting far apart from you. He has this incredibly high metabolism, and so when he's not able to train and be in the weight room and... and you know, for whatever reason, surgery, not able to eat, uh, eat as well as he does, he'll drop 20 pounds of muscle in a very short period of time in a couple of weeks. And I've seen that happen to him a couple of times now. And so that, that just adds to that dark cloud hanging over the top of him. He would be upset for a little while, but then he just looked at the future and said, I'm going to get better. I can do this. You know, I can show myself, show everybody what I've got next time. He is a resilient young man, tons of speed. He has so much athleticism and such a great charisma. Four-man rush. Hornybrook well protected. Long throw intercepted. It's picked off by Anderson. He's going to be something in the future. You know, I don't know what it is, but he's just seen a, a, a birth of a, of a great leader. And then some of the situations that he's had, and I think he does it with a lot of empathy, and he leads through a lot of uh, you know, just being able to know what others are going through, especially our injured players, and uh, motivating them to, to keep it going. Stanton picked off, held on to. St. Anderson, second career pick. People start doubting, oh, he's injury prone, he's da-da-da-da-da. And it's just kind of, it, it's, it's, that's frustrating as well, but they've been super unlucky circumstances. And so at the end of the day, I'm just trying to do what I can with under my control. I feel like my handling father has blessed me with talents. I've faced adversity with those things, but um, there's a way out. And I, I really believe in myself that I can make it to the next level and that I can have a successful and healthy season. Nothing's been given to Zane. He's always had to work at whatever he wanted to do. Everything's on his terms. He's the guy that made it happen. Um, we'd go to work and we'd aerate lawns. We'd knock doors, me and my brother and my dad, and that would help us pay for these going into colleges camps. And so I really appreciate everything he's done for me. I would say both my parents are heroes just in different ways. They're the reason why I'm here, and they've, they've sacrificed so much to get me here. I've always been proud of Zane. He's just, he's just always been kind of a quiet little hero. He's such a good example for his brothers and sisters, for me. Just everybody kind of looks up to him. To see him happy and successful as a dad, that's, that's fulfillment for me right there. And to see him reach his dreams, it makes me happy, so... Deep Blue with Zane Anderson. I cannot tell you how happy I am for Zane and his family that he's back on the field and 
impacting this specific season and being a contributor. And you know what? If he wants to come back in 2021, he can do that too. He can. And it's been a quiet season for Zane because he's just done a really good job on the back end. You haven't seen BYU get beat down the field hardly at all. Um, He's done a really nice job. And he's a guy over his career. Look, 137 tackles. He's played in 44 games. He's part of a a secondary with Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner, guys that have played 40-ish games, right? BYU's very experienced and he, he played full seasons in 16 and 17. 18 and 19 played a combined six games. So it's great. He's already played in all five, right? And uh, uh, we want a clean bill of health for Zane because he's a guy, like you said, that wants to make it at the next level. If he decided to come back in 2021, he would leave BYU play, having played like 60 games. That'd be a record. <laughs> like there's going to be a lot of records shattered based yes, because on COVID sure. statistically and, and games played and whatnot. Okay, coming up, who gets today's rise and shout-out? And know the foe with Texas State. I hope you brushed up on your Bobcat trivia. This is BYU Sports Nation. Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation continues with the daily reminder. Show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, as well as Steve Young's hair, he asked us yesterday. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. All right. I mentioned that I hope all of you brush up on your Bobcat trivia. Let's put it to the test because we're going to put it to the test right now as we play Know the Foe, presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Ben Bagley, join us, won't you? BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Happy to do so, guys. I'm excited for this Texas State edition. Brought to you, well, this coin flip in the post in the break was brought to you by Hamlin, Hamlin, and McGill. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, Spencer, you won the toss. You get to go first. Okay. Uh, number one, San Marcos, Texas is the home of Texas State. Mm-hmm. It's also the birthplace of which Heisman Trophy winner? Ooh. Is it Ricky Williams? Is it Davey O'Brien? Is it Ty Detmer? <laughs> or is it Johnny Manziel. Interesting. Who is it? Davey O'Brien. It's Ty Detmer. Oh, Ty Detmer's from San Marcos? He's straight, he's straight up from San Marcos? Why, why did I? I didn't, I didn't know. The pride of San Marcos. San Marcos. Really? Wow. I'm sorry, Ty. I should have known that. St. Mark's. There you go. All right, Jerem, <laughs> chance to take a lead here. Which TV show was filmed in or based in San Marcos, Texas? Oh, boy. Walker, Texas Ranger. Ooh. Friday Night Lights, no. King of the Hill, mm. or Reba? Good ones. This is up your alley too, Ben. <laughs> King of the Hill. Oh. No, it was Friday Night Lights. Really? In, in San, San Marcos. Marcos. I thought yeah, it was a filmed. different town. It was filmed in there. It was filmed. Oh, it's it's filmed. filmed in San Marcos. I heard based on. Filmed in or based in. Oh, All right. Nice. No points on the board, Spencer. All right. Which Please. is not an alumni of Texas State. Six-time Major League Baseball All-Star Paul Goldschmidt, Houston Rockets owner Tillman Fatita, Country Music Hall of Famer George Strait, or Lyndon B. Johnson, the 36th president of these United States of America. I am going to go the owner of the Rockets, Fertitta. Yeah! Correct. Good guess. All right, Spencer takes lead, 1-0. Jerem, which of the following actors was not on the fictional... Texas State fighting armadillos team. Oh boy! <laughs> from the movie Necessary Roughness, Sinbad, 
Jason Bateman, Rob Schneider, or Peter Tuiasosopo? Rob Schneider? Yep. He was, he was the broadcaster. Yes. With apologies to Greg Rubel, he wasn't on the team. He was just the radio guy. Bumbo. <laughs> Ruski. Bumbalaya. By the way, fun fact, Peter Tuiasosopo played football at Utah State. Oh, that's Very fun. Probably related to Mark. Uh, possibly. All right, Spencer, we'll give you this one. What is the name of the Texas State Bobcat mascot? Is it Bongo the Bobcat, <laughs> Bob the Bobcat, Eugene the Bobcat, or Boko the Bobcat? One of those is correct. One of them is correct. <laughs> Eugene. Mm, nope, it is Boko. Boko? Boko, B-O-K-O. B-O-K-O? Yes. Boko the Bobcat. That one a contest is the best entry. Really? I'm just going to leave it at that, and that's wow. no the foe. <laughs> oh, I don't get one? Yeah, I ran out. You ran out? <laughs> <laughs> We're no run out of time. I got one more, but I ran out of time. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> tie. Oh. It's a tie. Well, ask me after the show. Okay. Oh, you want to try and break the tie? It's a tie. It's soccer. Yeah. Our question of the day. Why or why wouldn't a 10-0 oh. BYU football team be an automatic pick for a New Year's Six bowl game? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Michael Winder on Instagram. It's all about margin. If BYU plays super close games with bad teams, they wouldn't be an automatic pick. But if BYU keeps playing the way they have, then I can't see why they wouldn't be in a New Year's Six. I think that's a good point. I think margin will matter in that conversation later. So, it didn't for one game against UTSA. Right. But it if did. it happens consistently, right. then it gets weird. Especially at like a, against a 1-5 and five team at home. So there you go. Yeah, BYU but needs Texas State's sneaky. BYU needs to look good against Texas State and Western Kentucky for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Okay, today's rise and shout out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Hey, it goes to everyone getting getting ready for the home game at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. We were there yesterday. Fields getting painted, everything hand sanitizing stations, all the protocols, blah blah blah, to be able to have this. Remember, three games without fans at home, right? Has it been four? I've lost track. Now it's time for B. It's three. Now it's time for BYU to play a home game with fans. It's going to be awesome. So everyone prepping for that rising chat. Yes. So many meticulous details happening there. Including the team getting ready to win. And if you're going to the game, watch the safety video that we put out. Hopefully, <laughs> or BYU hopefully. Athletics will put it. Might have to. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thanks to today's guest, Bill Connolly of ESPN and Zane Anderson. Started Dennis Pitta. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mark Atuaya. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Cougs.